Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq El Amin, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you're new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thank you for tuning in. We are on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you just feet, just feet, a stone's throw from the elevated train in the loop. And um, yeah, that's what you hear in the background right now. <laughs> but you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And you can also check out our podcast. That's right. Every episode, every broadcast, you will find it wherever you get your podcast. And that is going to be at Radio Islam USA. So look for us at Radio Islam USA. Okay, family, we're going to. Just dive right in, as we always do, right? Uh, Because the clock is a ticking, and we don't want to waste any time. So I am pleased to tell you that we have in studio with us right now, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth. And she is the Illinois State Coordinator uh, for Indivisible Illinois. And uh, we're going to talk about the work that they are doing uh, that is uh, extremely vital, it's important. Uh, but before we go any further, thank you, Lenny, for being here. Welcome. Thank you, Tariq, for having <laughs> me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it's, it's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny how, you know, you see the work that people are doing uh, via social media, uh, but being able to be in the same space, it is, you know, it's always, uh, it's always a blessing. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so let's start off with Indivisible Illinois. Um, what what's its major function, and uh, how did it come into being? Sure. So Indivisible came about after the 2016 elections. Uh, like a lot of people, um, wanting to do something um, about what was happening um, if. Uh, after the election, um, wanting to get engaged, uh, folks feeling very um, alone and disconnected um, and maybe looking up from their computers for the first time in a while, uh, wondering what to do after the Women's March. Mm -hmm. And organically, um, this guide, Indivisible Guide, uh, was created um, from a couple of ex-congressional staffers after the election in a bar, and they actually wrote it on a nap. <laughs> and they put it up on a Google Doc and really? shared it out with some friends. And it got looked at and downloaded so many times that the link crashed. Wow. So they had to put it up on a website. And from there, people took it and really uh, it resonated with them. And uh, what is amazing about it is that it allows people to uh, focus on the actions that they can take. Mm. Um, because what it is, it's a um, it's a guide using all of the Tea Party tactics. Really, um, okay. for good. <laughs> for, the, for the forces of good. That's oh. right. Okay. So essentially, the way I explain it to folks is that uh, you uh, are represented in government by someone, mm. and so you should have a relationship with them. 
So for instance, you should know who your alderman is if you have a problem with uh, a pothole in your street. But uh, on every level of government, somebody represents you. So while we can't do anything who's in the White House right now, Mm -hmm. um, there are many things at the local levels that we can do if we just had a relationship with our representatives. Sure. Have you found that uh, in in your time working with Indivisible um, Illinois that people are not aware of who their elected officials are? Yeah, people are not aware of, of um, you know, where they are on the map of, like, who rep- what is their congressional district? Right. You know, what ward do they live in if they are in Illinois, in Chicago? Mm-hmm. So um, that is something that I didn't look up mm-hmm. until um, after after the elections. But uh, it's something really important because, um, because th- th- those folks, those are the ones that you elected to represent you. Right. And you need to know who they are to find out if they are doing their job. Right. And if they're not doing their job, then you want to actually ask them why and to hold them accountable. And that, in essence, is what Indivisible is all about. So we're part of a network of 6,000 groups that popped up organically across the nation. Wow. And in Illinois, there are 18 congressional districts. So we have groups in every congressional district in Illinois. We have seven uh, Republican districts. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Seven re- Republican. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, and when you say, well, people, well, I was asking if people say they don't know who their local uh, officials are, but more importantly, what congressional district they're in. Uh, and this sounds kind of crazy, but if you think about it in these terms, as an adult, you would not know. Uh, you would not not know your address, right? You would absolutely know where you live, right? right. Nobody could right. ask you, hey, where do you live? Uh, over by this tree, right? Right, right. Um, So the same should be, we should have that kind of same uh, standard, the same expectation when it comes to where we fall on the uh, the, the map for uh, congressional districts and Senate races and, and all of these other uh, aldermans and all the other, uh, these other things. Um, do you all offer any type of... Um, uh, like educational forums that you all uh, do for for citizens citizens. Yeah. So one thing that we've done since last March is we've held voter registrar trainings. Okay. And what's great about that it's nonpartisan, partisan, right. and we have uh, the board of elections come and do the training. But before the training, we have speakers. Okay. So, uh, for instance, we we have candidates talking about, you know, um, the importance of understanding, for instance, what the water reclamation district does. Mm. You know? That's a good one. Right. Or the Cook County Assessor's Office. What do they do? Right. So these are things that... For instance, I was never really interested in knowing, but I really want to know now because it seems like every time I realize, like, um, what these folks do and how it impacts me personally, Mm. the more I want to know. Like, what else do I need to know? Because there's so much – I feel like um, there's a lot of apathy out there, um, thinking – people thinking um, there's nothing that they can do when there indeed is so much to do just in terms of uh, aware, being aware of what's going around in your communities. 
Right. Like, who are the leaders in your communities? And I, would, I guess I will take it back to uh, what you said in the beginning. Like, it's really great to be in the room with you in mm-hmm. person. Um, and it's the same thing with your your representatives. Mm-hmm. Like, if something is, is bothering you, then you um, can go to them. You can actually visit them at their office. You can actually call them up. You can email them. You could tweet at them. There are many ways to connect with them. Right. Now, as far as building a, a platform, um, uh, it is one thing to educate, and then the next thing has to be to to get people to move right with this this education. Um, is there a particular thrust uh, that Indivisible Illinois has, or within within these this large group of organizations, is there a particular political thrust? So what we what we want to do is yes first get people aware that they must be engaged to do something and then to realize your power sure. the power of your voice is really the biggest thing that indivisible does right. um, the power of collective action mm-hmm. is is the um, the idea behind the whole indivisible movement that one person shouting at the top of their lungs does not compare to uh, six thousand of us. Yeah saying the same thing at the same time along with our group members behind us. Right. So the power of the, the people, basically, which is what um, you know our elected officials should be doing anyway. They should be listening to what their constituents are, are, are saying. Yeah. What has or, or has anything surprised you um, in this administration with regard to the electorate? Um, because there is a kind of a characterization that those who are in favor of this administration, that they're following blindly. Uh, and do, do, you, do you think that, that that's a, a fair assessment, or do you think people are oversimplifying? I think that there, I'll, I'll say this, I cannot change your mind if you're set. I just can't do it. Like if you if that's who you love, that's who you love. Right. But I can talk to maybe all of those people that didn't vote in twenty sixteen. Yeah. I believe that there's a bigger block of those people out there yeah. that we can actually have conversations with. Mm-hmm. And then also the people that may not vote in every election, how important it is to vote, for instance, in November. Those are the conversations I feel like is, is really important at this time. I, I appreciate you saying that uh, putting the focus on where some actual some actual traction can be had, as opposed to the the, the typical shouting matches, nothing's resolved. Uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, so, are there? What are some of the issues that, in addition to um, in addition to uh, energizing uh, a base that may not have been uh, that may not have participated in the 2016, right? Uh, in addition to that, what are some of the, are there any core issues that you you all are looking at right now? Yeah, well, you know, ever since uh, we, we um, create, you know, ever since people started in this movement, healthcare has been at the forefront. You right. know, healthcare has, um, is affects everybody. Um, and, and right now, the, you know, it was their agenda, really. That's what they ran on, that they were going to uh, repeal Obamacare, mm-hmm. and they're trying every month to dismantle it um, through every policy. So um, even at this time, if you have a pre-existing condition, you know, it, it, the, the fact of the matter is that health care right now for some people is a matter of life and death. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um and and the thing is that that, that there's just no good nice way to say this. Mm-hmm. Like you you're either um you're either um for our values or you're not. Right. So again, I just want to talk to the people who are for our values and uh know that that um if you believe that healthcare, you know, it should belong to everybody and and and, and it is it is a right uh for all, then I would like to talk to you. Uh, you know, that really, it seems to go beyond uh, politics uh, and really just embrace the idea of of taking care of people. Uh, and I find that that's, hmm, there's not, there's not a real space. <laughs> there's not as much space for that type of thinking uh, in today's political discourse uh, where it's people first. It is positions as opposed to people. Yeah, so it it, it um, you know every day uh, there's a, another reason to feel anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the thing is, we must think about even if you're not a political person, what kind of world do you want to live in? Mm. What kind of world do you want your parents and your siblings and your children? What kind of community do you want to live in? Because that's what you need to be thinking about. We, we, you know, there's always going to be something, you know, especially with this administration that's coming down the pike. But what kind of world do you want to be living in? And what kind of issues are coming up for you right now? Those are the things that we need to be engaged in. And those are the conversations that we need to have with our own communities, right. you know, with our own friends and families. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking uh, from a state perspective, um, how responsive have the uh, state uh, officials been to the voice of Indivisible and its partners, its allies, with regard to an issue like health care? I think that in general, I mean, I live in Jan Schakowsky's district and, and okay. at the congressional level, and she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I also have really great um, state level representatives. Um, I have um, Heather Staines. Mm-hmm. I have um, Kelly Cassidy. Okay. Lou Lang is in the Ninth District, you know. Um, so in terms, I mean, they're all on our side, and those are the um, kinds of um, electives that we need to elevate up. But, for instance, um, downstate, you mm-hmm. know, at the congressional level, we have a lot of um, many, like seven Republican representatives, and they always vote in line with what's happening in the White House. Mm-hmm. So um, we need to start thinking to ourselves, you know, especially in, if you live in those areas, does your representative represent you? You know, they're trying to take away health care. They're, they're trying to uh, undermine our rights as um, our reproductive rights. You know, they're trying yeah. to take that away. They're trying to roll back many different things for, um, you know, the uh, LGBTQ communities. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of communities do you want to live in? Right, right. And what are some of the reasons, excuse me, <clears throat> what are some of the reasons uh, or justifications that you have that you have heard from uh, those who are in opposition? Uh, are they simply just this what the party is doing? Or do they actually have real is there is there a logic behind uh, well, their well here's the funny thing it's it's exactly what i was saying in the beginning if you haven't if you have a a, a, a confusion about what are what they are doing mm-hmm. and you live in their district you should call them up 
and if they're not available, you might want to go to their district office and say, I would like to talk to you about this issue that is really important to me. But the thing about it is when constituents go to these representatives' offices or call them, they're never available. So, for instance, in Peter Roskam's district, Mm -hmm. which is right uh, next to Chicago, um, he will not listen to his constituents. He avoids them. He actually, like, runs out of back doors of buildings. Really? Yes. When they come and and try to visit him in public spaces, he refused so many many times to have a town hall that Jan Schakowsky, my representative, came into the district— and adopted oh, wow. his district and had a town hall for him. Wow. So this is the kind of representation that you have in government. If I lived in that district, in the 6th district, yeah. I'd be a little bit upset. How, how, does a, how does a guy get reelected like that? Exactly. So I think that the, the issue is that the folks that... Uh, you know, they agree with my values. I yeah. believe that a lot of them did not vote. Yeah, must not have. Yes. So I'm wondering, are they going to turn out in November? Right. Right. How often do you all, uh, or, or and when you do, if you do, uh, get down to Springfield, do you go as a group? Uh, and and what's your strategy? Yeah, so, so you know, you don't have to go to Springfield to go visit your elected <laughs> That's representative, right? right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. they have they have in-district offices, too. Right. But, but lobbying with um, groups like Mom Demand Action okay. and ICER, you know, um, all, mm-hmm. all of those groups, that, and, you know, uh, SEIU when they go down, mm-hmm. um, just jump on a bus and <laughs> you go down there <laughs> and you just make an appointment to see your representative and it, and it makes a difference. That one-on-one makes a difference. But like I said, a lot of these folks, they don't make themselves available. And, you know, I can attest to that, that it's very difficult to, uh, to make contact. Uh, and sometimes, it, sometimes through email, may, I may get uh, somebody in their office may re- reply back. But um, I asked the whole thing about Springfield because there's one day, uh, CIOGC, Council of Islamic Organizations Greater Chicago, uh, they do a... Every year, it's it's the uh, Muslim Action Day, so I've been to just about everyone. I maybe I missed one or two, but that's the whole thing. It's about getting down there, and you know everybody. You know they're in sessions. So everybody's going to be there, and that's like the the magic hour of of getting getting in front of people. But that that's also one day, right? right. And we've got 364 more days exactly. in a year that we've got to find ways to connect. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So you mentioning the. Uh, the in-district offices. Yes. That's, that's extremely important. And what would you tell folks who, who, who may, may not know what district they're in, right? Uh, what would you tell them? How, what would be the first thing that they should do with regard to meeting their uh, elected representative? Well, you know, one thing that you could do is you could go to the Illinois Board of Elections website mm-hmm. and firstly check that you're registered to vote. Okay. And if you're not registered to vote, you can register to vote online. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can check your voter address. Right. And with the, when you pull up the voter address, it actually gives you a breakdown of every single district that you're in, all the way down to the municipal levels. Okay. All right. Well, that, that absolutely uh, makes sense. Uh, and, and then a lot of this information can also be found right on your, if, if you know you're uh, registered to vote, you'll find it on your voter registration card. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. 
now you said there are 6,000 organizations yeah. that are a, a part of Indivisible? Yeah. So what happened is they, they kind of they took the guide yeah. and um, they made it their own. They, they brought maybe five, ten people together mm-hmm. and said they wanted to have an Indivisible meeting and right. go over the guide. And they found that just by doing that, a lot of people were engaged. So they created a group. And it happens so organically all over the nation. Every every group is its own individual um, entity in a way, right? So um, they do what they want. But it seems that a lot of folks are still kind of following um, the indivisible guy's, um, you know, leadership, right? And um, and doing things together. Um, I think it's a it's an amazing thing to feel a part of something so huge, a mm-hmm. movement, as you will. And, and then people did say, like, I wonder how long this is going to last. Mm. But we're still around. Right, right. Yeah. And even uh, last month in Illinois, there was a new group that was created in Elk Grove. Really? Yeah. So we have at least 50 groups in Illinois. Wow. 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 Now, prior to this uh, uh, 2016 and, and prior to this administration, um, were you as politically engaged? Uh, you mentioned the Women's March, and I know how transformative that was for so many people. Uh, and that momentum has continued to, to carry on. But were you, um, yeah, were you politically engaged prior to that? No. So my my parents came to uh, America. They immigrated from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and they were very concerned about us fitting in. So they um, they told you know us to play nice with everybody. They actually didn't teach us the Filipino language because okay. they wanted us to assimilate. So they were very um, interested in that. They were not political at all. So that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of carried on with my kids. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. But when um, you know when the 2016 elections were going on, you know you're just like putting your palm to your head so many times um, and trying to explain to the kids what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, it was actually it was actually I I think about this all the time like that that day um, when when he was elected watching on the TV Mm. the map of the United States and literally seeing it with my family at my side go from blue to red it was I will never forget that moment and just just not really comprehending like what what is happening kind right. of uh kind of wondering what what kind of world are we living in like and bizarro it was bizarre and yeah. like trying to like look at my children because uh, they were looking at me like what what's happening I had no words for them I really didn't because what could you say at the time yeah you know this guy this bigot this sexist this mm-hmm racists is our Keep president yeah. yeah and he's replacing Barack Obama what yeah 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 it, it was it was a hard hard pill to swallow for a lot of folks <laughs> yeah yeah so for sure I stepped up to be um, a volunteer for the women's March uh, contingent from Illinois to okay. DC okay so we bust, you know, ten thousand people. 
mm-hmm. to D.C., and I came back, and I wanted to do something more local, and that's the reason why I started Indivisible Illinois in the 9th District and also at the state level. Okay. Because I knew I wanted to take action, and I knew I wanted to do it with other people and other people who wanted to take action. Mm. So you came back, and so you began the first Indivisible for Illinois. Not the first, but we did create Indivisible Illinois. Okay. So it's a right, right. network mm-hmm. of groups. It's not really, it's not a hierarchy, right. per se. It's just a, a statewide group, mm-hmm. which is great because then we can share resources. We meet up every week with everybody, um, sharing pre- best practices on organizing and things like that. Because as you know, a lot of people who stepped up were like people like me, mm-hmm. you know, mothers, <laughs> yeah. mostly women, mm-hmm. um, who wanted to do something and who have not done community organizing, for instance. Right. Um, so we're kind of learning as we go. But, um, you know, with every action, you know, because we turn out when we need to, for instance, yeah. for the Muslim ban, we turned out for that, and we shared within our networks for everybody to go out. Um, every time the uh, Obama was going to be repealed, we turned out for that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and the um, advantage of me being in Chicago is that I get to participate in the huge actions right. that are happening downtown. So, which is energizing. You know, it feels great to to shout. <laughs> 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 in my opinion. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. And uh, you're trying to take a picture of me now. <laughs> this, is, this is supposed to be a candid shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think the the idea is that any time that we can build coalition, mm-hmm. it, uh, we're just going to expand our base. Right. And so what we do at Indivisible Illinois is connect with other coalitions and other groups mm-hmm. and other leaders in the communities right. to um, to get to identify people who share our values right. so that it, when it comes time to turn out or when we need people to actually voice them their opinions on something then we know where to go okay so I actually never had a chance to talk to anybody about their personal reflections on the women's March like I, I read but I, I didn't have a one-on-one. Uh, conversation with anybody about it and it seems to be uh, as as I sort of alluded to earlier that it was a transformative uh, experience Um, is do you think Indivisible Illinois do you think this movement these things will be moving forward as they are without that as a launch pad I I know that the women's march Mm -hmm. galvanized people I mean, it, it was a it was a focal point for many people after the election to turn out mm-hmm. and to have a show. I mean, the whole world watching. Right. How many millions of people came out? It was very important for us to to show our strength in that way. Mm-hmm. But I challenged everyone who participated, you know, in the march and the marches afterwards, that we now co- need to come together and to take action on on things. Um, because we can protest every week, right. but if we're not actually, you know, asking our members to to call on an action and to follow up on it, then we are missing opportunities. Mm. Absolutely. So, what are some of the um, uh, upcoming things? We mentioned uh, uh, March. What are some of the upcoming uh, events and upcoming issues or present issues right now that people need to be aware of and uh, and lending their voice to? 
Right. So everything that's happening um, to the uh, immigration community right now at the border, it's uh, so important to understand. Um, we we have a, a National Day of Action, right, on yeah. Saturday yeah. Um, that Chicago and many other uh, communities are a part of. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be turning out. We have at least 50,000 people saying they're going or interested yeah. to downtown Chicago. Now I've got to mention. I, I, I set that question up, folks. Uh, Radio Slime is on board, <laughs> right? Yes. Go so ahead. Yes. So, so we will see you at eleven o'clock at the Daily Plaza um, downtown. Mm-hmm. It's going to be inspirational. We're going to have actions for people to take, and then we're going to march. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, within this National Day of Action. Uh, within this this coalescing of, of of humanity, let's talk about some of the issues that uh, that are tearing apart um, th- this 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 human family that we have here. Um, let's talk about ICE. Yeah. And uh, there's some uh, legislation right now that would go a long way in combating the destructive effects uh, on families. Could you talk a bit about that? So, so if you don't know ICE, it's the um, it's the department, the uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, right? They are. Um, I will say this: they are supposedly supposed to um, help us uh, with our security. But here's my question: mm-hmm. if there's no oversight to any department in any organization. I just don't understand how effective that might be. And the whole idea of uh, criminalizing our immigrants, uh, we really need to address that idea. Um, Putting families in detention centers, whether they're separated or together, is wrong. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the political... Uh, climate right now, but really this is this is a, a moral moment for us in our nation. You know, who, what what are we as a people if yeah. we keep putting others in in cages, in detention centers, and separating babies from their mothers? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, what kind of community do you want to live in? Uh, and so that's that's what I ask people. We we just can we cannot ignore the fact. That this uh, department is uh, has no oversight, has no accountability, and also is um, detaining people. We we really need to think about, you know, how can we get families back together, um, and not um, separate them, um, and criminalize them in the way that we are doing right now. Um, and thinking about the children mm-hmm. um, and who don't speak our language. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that going to impact them psychologically, you know? Let's, yeah, and let's pick that up because I think that's a very important question. We talk about uh, this idea of security and how this actually works in the, it works uh, in uh, contradiction uh, towards that idea of security. But we're going to take a short break, Radio Sound Family. Uh, we're talking with Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, uh, Illinois State Coordinator for Indivisible Illinois, and we'll be back in just a minute.
The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Hey, Mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember, folks, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, you can keep up with us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. So keep up with us. Connect with us. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know you're there. Right. Always happy to hear what what's on your mind. So anyway, we are uh, joined, as I mentioned earlier, we are joined by Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, uh, Illinois State Coordinator at Indivisible Illinois. And uh, before we went to break, we were talking about just this destructive um, impact of of ice uh, and the detainment of children 
and uh, you know it, it. And you mentioned that it's a moral issue. It's not a political issue. Uh, and and there has to be a point where we can intelligently realize uh, to distinguish between the two. Uh, it's not a matter of advantage. It's, it's a matter of humanity. And unfortunately, we have to we have to enforce what's really important through legislation. Um, and that can be a tricky, tricky bag as well, because sometimes laws go the wrong way. Uh, but there is there is some legislation uh, on the state level that um, that Indivisible Illinois is, is is trying to make sure it gets through. And could you talk to talk to us a bit about SB uh, 35? Yeah, so uh, I want to say that Indivisible Illinois works in coalition with um, those community organizations and advocacy groups who, who work on these issues every day. Sure. We follow their lead. And right now, for instance, um, ICER and DASO, West Suburban Action, they are pushing for uh, Governor Rauner to sign SB 35, the Safe Zones Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will um, encourage Illinois to be a um, more of a sanctuary state and, for instance, um, not allow ICE to come into schools and, um, and, you know, take families apart at the schools or at a church. Mm -hmm. Um, So just going back to ICE, there's no oversight there. There's no accountability and I just want to remind everybody that if you're a taxpayer, that's where your money is going to. So think on, is that uh, what you want your dollars to be funding? Right. Um, so we, we're calling for it to actually, you know, eventually, well, first be defunded mm-hmm. and then ev- eventually be abolished. There, there are many steps along the way. Sure. Um, but we need to think on... Is it is is this really what we what we need right now and what we want? And I, I and many of our coalition groups will say no. Absolutely, yeah. Now it's funny when I mentioned that sometimes the laws go the wrong way, right? Because laws they can work either to enforce um, or to promote a, a, a behavior that is just, and sometimes our laws work to uh, enforce behaviors that are that are not just. Uh, I couldn't help but think about um, depending on time and place uh, and adherence to law that a woman who might be uh, who might be fleeing from emotional, physical, sexual violence um, and she crosses an imaginary line. And depending on the time that this happens, she could either be looked at as a runaway slave or an illegal alien, depending on our time. But either in either instance, she could be returned back to where she came from by someone who considers themselves to be a law-abiding citizen or following the law. So therein is also uh, a reminder and a warning for us that when it comes to our laws, that we should be thinking not just about the politics, but thinking about what is, uh, what's, what's moral, what's, what's sound, and what's, what's beneficial for humanity. So. Absolutely, and and that's one of the reasons why we're calling on all faith leaders mm-hmm. who stand with us and our immigrants to turn out on Saturday. It's yeah. so important for our faith leaders to to um, to raise this issue up. You know, not just now, but ongoing. This is this is something that is uh, we we cannot um, 
have this march, for instance, on Saturday, and then go back to our our worlds. We need to keep talking about this, and uh, we're asking for moral leaders to to really elevate this issue. Now, are we expecting, um, is the majority, I shouldn't say the majority, I'm under the assumption because of that large group of women that were mobilized and, you know, set out to come back and and, and put in work uh, that the uh, Indivisible Illinois or Indivisible in general, that it is generally populated and and driven by women. It's true. Yes. So, but... Men are, we're smart enough to, to realize where we should be. Uh, so, yes. so, so yes. uh, we, we have men that are also um, supporting and, and, and joining the ranks as well? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I think that, that right now it's, it's women, for sure, it's women leading the way. Mm-hmm. And young women, too. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, with yeah. the whole March for Our Lives movement, yeah. we have a lot of uh, young youth, and a lot of them are women, mm-hmm. uh, young women. Um, but yes, our allies, our, our, our um, male allies are also stepping up. Mm-hmm. And, it, um, you know, in, in general, and for instance, my uh, two kids, you know, I've got a 17-year-old boy and I've got a, um, a 13-year-old boy and I've got okay. a 14-year-old girl. Okay. And so um, the idea that um, the women are leading the way, but the um, males are supporting, it's, it, they, they feel it. Mm-hmm. They, they're stepping back, and you know that you, you could see it at, at my son's high school when they when they marched. The mm-hmm. the, the the females were leading the way, mm-hmm. and it was um, it's empowering. You know, it's so important at this time. I know that there are crises like left and right, right. every single day, but also uh, you know for us to realize the opportunities that the young women and women are seizing. Right now, at this moment, mm-hmm. um, is is uh, is really outstanding. Yep. So um, I'm heartened by that. Yeah, yeah, and, and me as well. And not uh, and for for different reasons. Well, I've got I have uh, I've got three three daughters, and um, for me, I like the the idea of complementary. You know, this this uh, a complementary uh, relationship. Right, uh, the problems that we have in society are—I think they're going to—they're going to require all hands on deck. And as women have not have not had the same level or of, of visibility uh, and, and and mobility when it comes to the um, when it comes to av- advocacy, when it comes to being present in the uh, you know in in the in the public space to advocate for issues that are important. Uh, not just to individuals, but to families, right? I think I think this is a critical point, but I think it's also a point where men ha- need to make sure that uh, that we don't we don't sit down, right? Mm-hmm. This is a time for you to stand right there, right next to, and because it's like I said, I think it's going to take it's going to take all of us to push us uh, where we where we're trying to go. Exactly. So I am definitely uh, pleased. I hope my girls. I'm, I want to have them out there with me. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, because they need to. Uh, it's important for them to 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 see this. Um, yeah, just pushing against status quo, um, and you know, it's just it's healthier when we have when everybody's voice is heard. You Absolutely, know, it's a it's a healthier space. 
it is. It, it's a, it's a healthier space in our in our smaller immediate communities, but it's also it, it's imperative at the um, at the federal level, at the state level, at every yeah. level of government. You know, yeah. right now, of course, it's still dominated by males. But can you imagine the laws? That we the policies that would put, be put forth if there was just one or two more women at the table. Yeah, I mean that would be outstanding. Mm. So yes, we have a long way to go mm. to get there. But as you can imagine, there has been like a floodgate right. of many women candidates who are stepping up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let me let me ask this question because I, I my I, my guest yesterday we were talking about male female relationships. Um, and, and power, right? Because power is a, for those who have it, they don't want to let it go, right? Uh, for those that have it, they, it, it is not, it is not so much that it, for, it is for them to serve others. It becomes a tool for their own, just for, for their own being. And my question was, and I, I'm going to present it to you, see, tell me what you think about this. Uh, as women become more and more uh, present, do you think that uh, that there 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 will become there that the same conversation will be had about this relationship with power that it is not attained simply to for uh, you know as as a tool to make sure that equity and justice and parity all these things uh, are, are in place but it, that it becomes the same the same trap opens up of of power becoming a, a corrupting agent. Uh, that's so interesting, and I mean, absolutely possible. Yeah. It's absolutely possible, but look at the time that we're living in right now when everyone is demanding transparency, Yeah. right? So if we're starting at the base level, and uh, we've got all of these mobilized uh, women, mm-hmm. and they're starting to think, oh, well, I can run for office. Sure. Well, their friends need to know, like, what are you? Like, who are you? But eventually they realize, yes, you're a great leader. I will support you. And that's how you get elected, right? You get people to believe in you. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now, when people are like all of a sudden awake, I think it's a fantastic time to find those people who are who are in it for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so much to push back on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I think of it that way at this moment in time, who knows in the future, I think that um, you know, one of the things about Indivisible is that um, it wasn't created to make people feel good. It was it was created to make people understand their power, yes. the power of their voice. Yeah. And so um, perhaps it's a, a great, you know, baseline for people to understand, like, what is power right now, mm-hmm. especially as it pertains to our government. Yeah. And um, maybe those people who are just starting to understand it will rise up to the top and actually be our leaders in government eventually. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Radio Song Family, I want you to understand that I am not, I, I didn't ask that question with the idea to, to say that uh, that women should not uh, um, uh, be in this space and should not uh, lead and should not be doing anything, right? That's, that's not, or that I'm a fan of the status quo. That's absolutely not, uh, simply to just pose this idea that it is a human uh, and I think that's one thing those articulated to me in a conversation that it's not necessarily about uh, gender, right. but it is a human, it is a human frailty, a human tendency right. that uh, our proximity to power, uh, unchecked and uh, unrestricted, 
that it has the potential to to push us in in the wrong direction. Absolutely. So, yeah. So and, it, it has nothing it, to do with. with I I I'm totally with you. I mean, even yeah. now, like when we are holding people in power accountable. Yeah. It does not matter what their gender is. Mm -hmm. It is what their actions are about that we are holding accountable. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't hold, uh, you know, women and men to different standards if they're in office, right? Right. So um, I would just say that, too. That is upon um, each individual Mm -hmm. to raise their voices to hold your elected official accountable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And you know what? I want to add on to this, uh, to SB 35. and SB 35, that, that's that is waiting. Uh, it, it passed both uh, houses, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just waiting for a signature yes. by our governor, yes. Governor Rauner. Yes. And one of the things that it provides for, it provides that um, there would be no arrest by uh, by ICE at state-funded sensitive locations, mm-hmm. right? And I think that language. It should be unpacked so people understand the severity um, of this. When we talk about uh, sensitive locations, we're talking about uh, churches, mm-hmm. uh, hospitals, mm-hmm. courts, mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can we think of? Uh, police stations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is important. This language is important. It's important to understand this for a number of reasons. Uh, those who are most marginalized... In a in a foreign space, are also the ones who are in most need of uh, the resources uh, that the state uh, can provide, and if they're in positions where they they fall victim to, um, you know, they've been assaulted, uh, and, and they need to, they want to go to the police and report it. Now they're in a position where maybe they don't go to the police station, right? And they become a permanent a victimized part of the community. Right. Right. They're injured. They don't want to go to the hospital. Right. Because they're worried about being arrested, being deported. Right. So that's a tremendously important uh, bill. And what can people do? What can the listeners, what can the Radio Islam family do to lend their voices uh, to this, to, to try to get this signed? So um, one thing that you can do that's very powerful is to pick up the phone and to call Governor Rauner's office and to ask him to sign the SB 35 Safe Zones Act. And you can call him at 312-814-2121. Okay. I want you to say it again. It's 312 312- <laughs> Eight one four two one two one, and if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. you just call them up, and someone will pick up the phone, mm-hmm. and that person is um, someone who's hired to answer the phone mm-hmm. and to listen to Governor Rauner's constituents. Mm. So, you can call and ask them how their day is. You can say the sky is blue, right. and what you're having for dinner. Because that's what they're paid to do, to they're listen to you. They're not going to you. <laughs> <laughs> then you tell them <laughs> that you're, you're concerned about immigration, and yeah. you, you know that this bill has passed both houses, and you want Governor uh, Rauner to sign this bill. That's a, that's a great script. 
Um, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> great like direction. That? <laughs> <laughs> that's great direction. I'll tell them, I'm telling them I'm going to have some bean pie uh-huh. and then uh, uh, some coffee, and then I'll tell <laughs> yeah. them to sign the bill. Uh, I have to ask this also, uh, because it seems that in addition to education and advocacy and working with a broad uh, coalition of, of other uh, organizations, um, is there room for, or do you also find yourself working with those who are, who are uh, immediately affected by these issues? Do you, are you, do you work with those communities? Yeah, so what we do is we work in coalition with community organizations that work with directly impacted individuals. Okay. Um, because we, we always want to take the lead of those community organizations. Like, um, for instance, um, PASO. Uh, um, is uh, they are doing uh, know your rights trainings. Okay. So um, so we've attended those trainings, uh, okay. so that when ICE, for instance, when ICE comes to your door, what what do you have a right to do? Well, you have a right to not answer the door, right? Okay. Um, so uh, that's an important right, right to know. Right. Um, and they, so there are ba- basic things, but um, but those things we we follow the lead of our our uh, coalition allies. And what has that experience been like for you? Um, you mentioned that you know your parents uh, uh, came from the, the Philippines and 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 wanted you to to grow up um, and to and to, to assimilate in into society you know with, with no no issues. Uh, what is it like for you, or does it register with you in a particular way to see people who are here as um, not as citizens but as undocumented uh, individuals who don't necessarily have that venue of uh, of integration or matriculation into society right so again we got to think to ourselves you know what 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 are we as a nation we are but a nation of immigrants right, right? unless you are a native american <laughs> mm-hmm. or brought over um unwillingly yeah, yep. right you you are an immigrant so i would just say that um we need to paint a picture for ourselves. You know, what what kind of picture do we want to paint? A, 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 a nation that is diverse. And let's be clear that the immigrant uh, immigrants have raised this nation to where it is now. Mm-hmm. We have a long ways to go. But um, we are only better if we are diverse and inclusive and um, and welcoming. That I mean, we used to be that nation. Yeah. We used to be that nation. We had this wonderful, wonderful yeah. slogan. Yeah. Uh, you know, sitting right on... But that's on Ellis Island, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, send us your weak, your yeah. tired, your mm-hmm. poor, your huddled masses, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we say, don't, no more deliveries. Right. Yeah. What is that? I, I, I just, uh, you know, I can't, I, I can't fathom that that is the world that I want to live in. Um, yeah, yeah, it is definitely, uh, we have definitely changed. Um, let me think here. Let me think here. So we got Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, okay. I would be I would be remiss not to mention Saturday is going to be extremely hot. Yes. So we want everybody that is coming out, uh, make sure you have bottled water with you, yeah. uh, cold bottled water with you. Uh, just dress appropriately because uh, we will be uh, marching and we'll be standing out in an open. Where are we going to be again? In daily? we're going to be at um, Daily Center, Center, which is at Fifty West Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, we're we're going to start the program early with some music. So come early if you like. Okay. Um, at um, you know ten thirty, and then the official program starts at eleven. Um, just know that yes, it will be warm. So 
bring some water, bring water for your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, also know that um, Chicago Temple across the street mm-hmm. is also opening their doors um, as a place to cool off if oh, you need to. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so check that out if you if you need to. Um, we're still calling on a couple of things. Uh, we still need marshals. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're inter- if you are available and interested, there's going to be training the morning of. So um, there's there's a families belong together Chicago March Facebook event. Mm-hmm. So you can look in there for the link to sign up as a marshal. Okay. Um, and also because we want it to be a safe. Um, rally and also march. Right. Um, and like I said, we're going to have training the day of. Now, where do they sign mm-hmm. up for that, though? The, there's a form, a link. There's a link okay. on the event, so you can sign up there. You'll see it there, okay. or you could see it um, at the at the Gather Activism uh, website. So um, we'll share that link out too. Okay. But um, but we're also calling for voter registrars. Really? Yeah. So you don't need to be an officially trained uh, deputy voter registrar. Mm-hmm. You just need to want to hold a clipboard. <laughs> That's it. And ask somebody <laughs> next to you if they're uh, if they need to update their voter re- voter address. Okay. And you can update it for them. Um, and we want to show people and um, give people who have not registered to vote yet the opportunity, an easy opportunity to, to register to vote now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That is, uh, that is great. That is great. Lenny, it has been a pleasure it's talking to amazing. you. It's been amazing. Thank you yeah. so much, Tariq. Yeah. You are very welcome. And uh, looking forward to seeing you Saturday. Uh, Radio Sun family, we expect uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of you as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and... I guess we're going to close out now because our hour is just about up. We don't want to get cut off in mid-sentence, okay? So we want to thank our engineers over at WCEV. We appreciate you. Make sure make sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. Even though what we said was all good, right? But still, we got to say it. All right, folks, we're going to leave you now as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.